welcome to episode three of the Brace of Noise podcast. I'm your host, Luke Parsons, and on today's show, our special guest is Panna Melkides. He uh, runs the Hard Barocco blog and also writes reviews for the Brace of Noise website. If you enjoyed this episode, then please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel where we upload all of our podcasts. Uh, if you're listening there right now, don't forget to smash that like button. Our podcast is also available on Spotify, and it'd be great if you could follow us on there as well and check out our previous episodes if you missed them. Uh, Race the Noise is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to find out more about us. Anyway, enough of all of that. Here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy. So, thanks for coming on the show today, Panna. Yeah, so we'll start talking about uh, your blog, The Hard Broker. Just uh, tell us a bit about what you do with that. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for having me on, Luke. Um, yeah, right. the Hard Baroque is uh, it's meant to be a, a website where people who are you know avid avid home musicians can really just learn to uh, improve their craft, that sort of thing. Um, it's really just also more you know something of a channel for me to improve um, home my what my own knowledge of um, home music production. Uh, you know. Just thought to take it on as a hobby it's not something i've ever had much experience with and so i thought i had some time thought let me try in a way document what i'm learning and then hopefully it'll be useful to uh, other people who are you know hobbyists and music enthusiasts of you know of all our walks um, we're not really i'm not really focusing on any uh kind of music style but obviously, yeah. I'm I'm biased towards my own preferences, which is uh, the rock and metal scene. Uh, but uh, you know, perfect world, it would encompass a lot more than that, and that's kind of what it aims to do. And yeah. hopefully, we it deals with other easier to digest stuff, some magazine-y stuff. I'm hoping to bring in a little bit more news uh, as well, and be more of a like a full resource thing for um all sorts of music fans out there cool so how, how long have you been running it um it's been going on for uh we're in eight well it's actually just had its uh, first year okay um i've slowed down in the last few months what with my day job taking priority but um after a bit of a slowdown it, it, i'm getting back into gear with that now as well getting back finding a new momentum really cool because yeah I, I had a look myself and there was you know you got like gear reviews and i think there was a reaper t- tutorial that i read which is quite good for me because i use reaper <laughs> so uh, that's quite cool to, to look at yeah i mean as i learn new things on reaper or as i you know acquire more more gear which you know i'm, I'm only i'll only get something that I need to solve a certain uh, problem or whatever. Um, yeah, as as I learn more things, I'll I'll post some sort of how-to on there, um, and hopefully other people will uh, benefit from it. Yeah, um, I'm cool. definitely definitely not a, a reaper professional, but um, hopefully someone can benefit something from that. Yeah, I mean it's quite cool though when you sort of like you said learning as you go along and you're sort of documenting it along the way. So it's quite good for people that, yeah. you know, from any level, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as one example, last time I checked, the the most uh, popular uh, piece of content I had on there was just a simple tutorial on how to uh, render video on Reaper. It's something I needed to learn how to do. I think I learned how to do it. And, um, so, you know, somehow people are finding it quite useful as well. 
So it'll be other tidbits on there that I, I, I'm working on writing and uh, I'll put them up in, in, in due course. Yeah. Uh, the other one is like, you know, gear reviews, things like that. Once you start buying uh, guitar gear and things like that, it becomes uh, quite uh, addictive. Uh, <laughs> and it, too much is never enough sort of thing. But at least yeah. you can help people decide, is this thing the right thing for you? Because there's always, there's way too much marketing spiel out there uh, mm. with with regards to gear. It's always, everything is all the, the, the perfect thing for everyone. But like uh, a lot of, a lot of gears, some of the stuff that, that I've bought are they're immensely useful to me, but I didn't realize it was probably not the right thing for me at the time, and I probably should have gone somewhere else. So I'm, mm. as well as just as uh, giving like you know the, the best review I can of it, I'm I'm trying to answer the questions that someone will have uh, that um, a lot of the the more kind of salesy focused reviews because they're always great products. There's, there's, yeah. no, there's no doubting that, but sometimes it's just, is it really for you, you know, in, in terms of use cases? Yeah, it's sort of like cutting out the bullshit, I suppose. It's like, what, yeah. what, how does it really work? <laughs> you know, from yeah, a sort yeah. of more honest perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's all, yeah, a lot of it's, they're, they're designed for specific use cases, and sometimes you just got to know what your use case is, really. Yeah. Sometimes it's just simpler things that will will do it for you know uh, uh, your specific um, application really. Because mm. it is a bit of a minefield. Like you know, I, I play guitar as well, and yeah, it's like trying to find like how do you like where do you start? You know, sort of what's the amp that I need to use? What's the distortion pedal I need to use? You know, it's like oh yeah, and there's, there's so, much so many stuff. out there. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of um, when I do my guitar covers, I. I tend to use um, bias effects, which is like the virtual, yeah. the virtual thing, because it's yeah, it's kind of all there, and it's like I can just play around and not have to spend hundreds of pounds on something I might not even use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it just it's, there's a lot of fiddling around. Uh, uh, I'm still learning as well. Um, you know what gear does best, but if if I if I had if I could do it all again, I'd probably just get something really simple like um, what I'm just, you know, a digital amp that can replicate a lot of things and that just eliminates the need for a lot of pedals because when you're playing in your bedroom or whatever and you're not really gigging or whatever, the simplest things are, are often the best. Yeah, yeah, totally because that's, that's kind of why I use, you know, virtual stuff because, you know, even though it might not yeah. sound as natural, you know, I don't want massive amps sitting in in my room and all that sort yeah. of stuff and the, the virtual stuff is just so good now it's, it's so good yeah people i think, I think a lot of people will, will delude themselves into saying that the, the the big giant um you know valve amps and whatever are, are the way to go you can't really tell the difference once you've recorded it there's no difference yeah so it's, it's best to keep it simple yeah definitely because uh, there's a lot of people now that sort of i think there was a like a progressive metal guy i think it's like sif ui and he, he started off at home and now obviously he's he's kind of branched out from that but you know he's he proved that you can do it from home basically you don't need a massive massive studio yeah to yeah something good i mean i'm i think i think even periphery started out like that if i recall it was just mm. in the in the bedrooms just record learning to record at home uh using well uh 
I, I think they 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 were with I think XFX is what they were using way back yeah. when. Uh, so they didn't have like it wasn't exactly budget equipment, <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's just so many examples out there of great music that just started at home. Yeah, and just fantastic musicians there. That, that's all. That, that's all it was. Yeah, we are we are lucky nowadays. Like, you know, yeah, anyone can create music now, pretty much. If you, yeah, yeah, if you, you put your mind know to what it. you're doing. It's it's quite funny because like uh, when uh, when lockdown all happened last year. A lot of the pop musicians were like, oh, such and such has released an album and they did it all from home. Wow. I'm like, yeah, it's been done. <laughs> it's been done. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's been doing that for about five to 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, a lot of people, they do it day in, day out. Well yeah. done. Well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So how long have you sort of been playing guitar and stuff? Did you learn from an early age or? Yeah, I've been playing since I was 11 when uh, my, my parents suggested just, I think, through a friend who had started playing classical guitar as a hobby. He was he decided he was like a, in his 30s or whatever. Uh, mm. He decided to, you know, he, he recommended a school. And so my parents are like, oh, do you, to my brother and I, do you know, do you, do you guys want to go? Do you guys want to uh, go learn guitar? We, we weren't rockers or anything. We we're just like, yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> It's not yeah. playing the piano, you know, it could be fun. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. And um, like throughout my whole high school years, that's that's what I was doing. I was uh, learning the classical side of guitar. Uh, I was really not good at it. Really, really <laughs> terrible. But it um, definitely gave me a lot of education, especially since the music school was also upselling things and saying, you know, you need to learn, learn music theory too. I was like, okay, I suppose I need to learn music theory too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say like with classical, so, they probably taught you quite formally. Y yeah. I mean, they were, you'd expect if you're doing the classical stuff, maybe you'd get some analysis of what you're playing, but really the, the, the classical guitar was just learn how to play it like this, play it correctly, play it, you know, with repetition, just, play it right because you're going to have an exam at the end of the year the music yeah. theory was all like you better learn the music theory because you got an exam at the end of the year so mm. while it would have been super useful to have some sort of analysis of the two you know bringing them together it really uh, it, theory to me at the time was super abstract i couldn't make heads or tails of it and a lot of it's just italian words you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah it's like yeah piano forte pianissimo <laughs> And my favorite, uh, piano is a soft, forte, loud. My favorite was majestic, maestoso. I'm like, okay, if I if I do this for a couple of years, I'd be speak, I'd be fluent in Italian. <laughs> but I, yeah, you, know, you can't make heads or tails of it. But yeah, too abstract. It was like learning algebra, really. So I did that, and then towards uh, towards the end of high school, I really lost a lot of interest in it because it was getting way too technical for me. I, I don't have the focus and the concentration for it. Yeah. Um, plus, at that time, you you know, you're honestly your schoolwork is really kicking you in the ass as well. <laughs> um, you know, you you can't. You have to uh, uh, assign your time accordingly. And like, while while my brother was really capable of balancing everything. For myself, I was just like getting more and more interested in learning how to play just the rock songs, you know, strumming a little bit, yeah. comfortably, being, comfortably being around the here, or <laughs> yeah, just just picking up the Green Day songs now, and yeah. you know, go to my music teacher and be like, hey, look, I can play 
La Bamba. It's like, well done, well done. That's very good. <laughs> Now Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> so I was cool. losing a lot. I, I, I didn't have the, the, the time or, you know, the interest to, to do what I needed to do there. So, you know, once I, once I quit school, it didn't really matter anyways. I had gone as far as I was ever going to go. Yeah. But then from, you know, from there, I was like more interested in just like acoustic guitar and then, you know, saved up, got my first electric guitar, which is a, a crap little washburn. But, you know, it, it gets you excited because, you know, rock music is exciting uh, to, yeah. to play, you know, and you can finally, um, you know, you, you can you, you can finally do something, you know, fun with your friends because if you're playing classic guitar, like no one, oh, like they're all go everyone's like, wow, that's really good. But like, you're not in anyone's band or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it was towards the end finally once i got uh, you know um my own electric and then also my my own bass i was able to go around friends houses and uh, jam with them things like that you know just little blues licks yeah things like that yeah and I, i really got to enjoy it there so generally i've been playing i've been playing in some capacity for you know for about 20 21 years now um But there have been, you know, big breaks in between. So you, yeah. once I went off to university, I was really not playing uh, a lot. Um, I've, I've had that myself, but I haven't played for like a few months. I started learning when I was 19, so it's about well, about nine years ago. But yeah, there was periods where like, I went like six months without even touching it. So I think yeah, most exactly, people exactly. go through that. Yeah, once you start working, you realize six months with not even picking up a guitar, you're like, oh, you know, yeah, it flies by so quick. becomes pre becomes pretty good as well. Like sometimes you'll be you'll you'll pick it up maybe once and do a little bit of a noodle and then leave it. Yeah. So it's only in in the last, quite honestly, in the last two years, when I when I got my Strat basically, where I was like, okay, now I can sit down and, you know, learn songs um, a, a little bit more in depth, uh, you know, more as a project and, and, and whatnot. And from there, you know, the, the very first thing I said to myself was, I want to learn the Danny California solo. Just, <laughs> it's not, it's not that difficult. It's not that technical. I'm, as much as I listen to progressive metal, I, I do not play it. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. very conscious of that. Um, but it was just something like I need to get myself in gear, you know, le let me learn the song start to finish as opposed to just a riff. So yeah. after, you know, a few like months or whatever, eventually I was happy with it and, um, you know, able to focus on more things. And then soon enough, I had the opportunity to, to start the website as well. And in the last year or so, I've been playing nonstop, especially, you know, working from home and whatever you got, there's just like so much. Uh, time now to just yeah. really hone things yeah, and relearn a lot of the same the, yeah i've sort of done um, the same with um my guitar covers you know i've actually sort of knuckled down and started learning how to how to record and you know doing the youtube stuff during lockdown yeah yeah so. it having time is such a great asset really you don't really hmm. appreciate what what it means to have time to to take on these projects even if it is just learning a song or whatever do you know what i mean yeah once you have so much of a routine going on then uh it, it becomes so hard yeah life gets in the way so, 
Yeah. But yeah. And then yeah, and then you then you know once 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 you've got the basics, you you've also got the time to sit down and maybe even like analyze some of the songs. So uh, I've got a very very basic understanding of music theory. I mean, I, I talk like I went to lessons and all that, but like it, I really don't know much. And I've especially forgotten a lot of it, but you know, you can then go back and say, okay, well, what's going on in in these things, or how about I practice a specific technique or whatever, and then you, you know, you start it become the 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 larger your music voc vocabulary uh, grows, the more the easier it is to make connections between other things and grow it even further, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, my dad's a yeah. um, a saxophone player. And he he knows music theory like really well. It's it's kind of for me it's like mind boggling. Whereas he he knows loads of it, and it's kind of like I want to be able to know at least a little bit <laughs> to understand it. Yeah, it's, I think it's that's like my another next, language, my next really. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. And it, it's something that you'll only really understand by applying it, really. But yeah, like, yeah, if your dad's a saxophonist, then he can sit down and like chat with you about it and explain it in simple yeah, blow, terms. Yeah, blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Cool. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so go through your two tracks now that you've that you've picked. Which one yeah. do you want to talk about first? Sort of int introduce it. Um, I think let's listen to the Liquid Tension Experiment one first. Okay. Um, it's the... Honestly, I picked the shortest track off their new album, uh, Liquid Tension Experiment 3. Very creative name there. I have been super hyped about this album ever since I heard it was coming out. Uh, when he, uh, all the all the you know prog fans that will be listening to the show will will know that it is it is something that has been very much anticipated. Well, not just anticipated, asked for. It's been in demand by the from the you know the, the Dream Theater. Uh, fan base uh, since you know uh, three of the the four members of Liquid Tension Experiments are um, or at least at one point were Dream Theater members. Uh, Mike Porto is no longer part of Dream Theater, so just the two. Yeah, it's it's been a long. It's been I think twenty two years in in the making. Um, yeah, I saw that because um, I had a look in, in and I was like, but yeah, like twenty two years since the last one. You know, they only done. Two yeah, albums. What are for, man? <laughs> it's a long wait, and it took two hours it of music is. as well. Because I was, I was gonna listen to it, but I was like, ah, oh, yeah, it's two hours long. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of jamming, really. Uh, yeah. That's why what I like about those albums is a lot of it was, uh, you know, just very improvised sort of thing. They would, they'd come up with the general gist of it, and then a lot of, a lot, they would just. Just improvise a lot of the solos over it. I think the the first Liquid Tension experiment album was you know recorded over three weeks sort of thing. Just you know book a, a recording studio for that time, yeah, um, and just you know do the do their thing really. So you know with, with all that, um, and then uh, you know a lot of the yeah it, it's just. It, as a, as a huge Dream Theater fan, it's great to see Mark Portman and John Petrucci back in like doing projects together again. Um, yeah. Portman also drummed on did the drum work on Petrucci's um, solo album, which was also released this year. Um, yeah. It seems 
all very easy now that they're all part of the same label. They're all part of they're all all their various projects are now part of I think yeah, it's Inside Out. Yeah. So it makes it all possible. I think what was holding back this this album for so many years was it was originally um, a super group that I think Dream Theater's record label way back when. Uh, I I can be corrected. I think they were it was Magna Carta who's no longer in business, but they it was their project and obviously they owned the rights to the first two albums. So yeah, there would have been a whole you know legal dispute or whatever holding it back as many of these albums do get you know delayed because of those reasons so it seems that it's all been cleared any drama between portnoy and petrucci is also water under the bridge now and they're all happy to work together now so it, it's great yeah um and what i really like about the song is it's just it's just so upbeat it's just I, i'm just happy listening to it <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a lot going on in there, but it's just just from the you know the opening riff uh, to me it's just it's just a happy riff really. It's just, uh, I can't explain it, but it's it's a great song. It's a great song. Cool. So it's um, uh, what's what's the track name? Sorry. Um, it's beating the odds.
so that was beating the odds by liquid tension experiment uh taken from their first studio album liquid tension experiment 3 the album came out on the 16th of april and it was uh inside out records yeah i, I really like this track as well it is it's quite uplifting and sort of there's a lot of really good like lead solo work isn't there like crazy guitar solos yeah they just got all that don't they yeah it's like really impressive like because they you know obviously they've been around for a long time but they, they haven't slowed down at all definitely not no uh they've been at the top of the game for like for, for you know for so many years it's just it's just how they operate really and with with any you know liquid tension experiment project that's that's what you're going to get is uh just superfluous musicality and just virtuoso uh you know performance and it's it's too much for some people but for if for me it's just it's, it's just what i love hearing yeah i mean I, that's I, I love they... the, the, the the grandiosity of the you know the the overblowingness of the the the, the lead sections yeah and that outro solo as well it's just it's just you know straight out the dream theater playbook as well as some of their greatest songs just have that you know ending solo that just all you can do is just fade it out really and yeah uh, it's just a, a standout feature of their track yeah I, I think they paced it out quite well um because you know sometimes that sort of don't really like using the word but like obnoxious playing like it's like really like technical and just like flashy sometimes it is yeah. too much but i think the way they paced that track out it, it works really well so they sort of started with a kind of almost like classic rock kind of riff at the start and then there's yeah. like sort of ebbs and flows and then you got to the you know the so the, the main solo i'd say and it's just like really like fast and just i remember like i was listening to it yesterday and i was just like wow like <laughs> that's actually a moment <laughs> where you just go wow and there's, there's not really many many songs that sort of do that for me anymore but that was like yeah definitely a wow part of the track yeah that is the lte you know effect is it'll just blow your mind i think the the opening track for the album is again with uh, hypersonic it's just another one it just blows your mind as soon as you hear it and that just that sums up some of my favorite uh, liquid tension experiment songs that really got me hooked on on, on progressive music um one that you should probably listen to when, whenever you get a chance is um if it doesn't blow your blow, blow your whoopsie uh, if it doesn't blow your ears off is a uh, paradigm shift it is the fastest um opening riff but it's you know it, it is it is a super fast like lead riff basically it's just a few notes that he's playing but he's playing it insanely fast and yeah uh portnoy as well is just going at the drums really crazily and it's it's, it's insane it, it, honestly you, you you'd probably listen to it and then most people will just listen to it and just press stop and go like nah i'm not i'm not having that <laughs> it's yeah too, much. too too fast yeah i mean i don't i don't mind yeah. fast music you know because I, I did used to like bands like dragon force when i was first i listened to metal yeah i did like that really like crazy shreddy stuff but it's got to have like a purpose for me like yeah, sometimes yeah. it feels a bit aimless like certain bands but, um when it's got a purpose it's like you know it's easy to like yeah exactly exactly uh and, and that's what you know great progressive music is is for me it tells a story um yeah or you know it, it takes me on, on on some sort of journey or other um i was playing 
I can't remember which track, but from this album, I, I was just playing it out loud in in the house, and and you know, my 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 wife, she's not a she's not a fan. <laughs> she's like, what is this music? I'm like, it's a contention experiment. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. You know, she made some little fan comment about all the music I listen to is the same. I was like, but it's like, don't you can't you imagine like you're in a spaceship and you're traveling <laughs> through space? It's just like, yes, exactly. And I'm like, but that's what makes it so great. She's like, no, yeah. she just doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes it's just it is just too superfluous and it's just then it, it, it gets uh, meandering but the, you know the whole point is to, to to have lots of ideas but let them take the listener on some of some sort of journey or other yeah cool so um yeah let's t- uh talk about the second track now that you that you chose yes Can I introduce the that second one? track is the gemini by the stranger um that one's come that one is, I think it was, yeah, it was just about released this month as well. I can't remember the day. But it was one that a, a lot of progressive metal now is very gent orientated or very, you know, very uh, extended range guitar, very like low sort of thing. So I wanted something that was a little bit more like in the traditional vein of things. Yeah. And so having heard not just the song, I, 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 I started out with just this track and then just listened to the whole album. And it is, it was a really good listen. Um, something very much in the vein of, um, you know, Hacken or Caligula's Horse, that sort of thing. Um, so it's for fans of those people. But I was, I was really impressed with, you know, the vocal performance. Again, it's got a, a really kind of triumphant opening you know lead section that i just just it, it, you know it kind of grips you um obviously it's for some people not for others uh, but for me it was something that you know i enjoy melodic music um yeah. not exclusively but like if it's got a strong melody it, it really works for me and I, I think they've done that really well there yeah it's off the the album uh, kaleidoscope which you know has a, a good range of uh, music styles within it just you know within the you know progressive metal vein so it's got some heavier tracks as well um yeah. some pretty impressive uh growling but I- i'm no expert on that <laughs> um and yeah this track kind of covers it all pretty well yeah i mean i listened to the album last night yeah i, I enjoyed it yeah it was uh i think they mixed it up quite well um i really liked the um interludes like in the middle with like the acoustic guitars and then the lead, yeah, lead yeah, guitar over the section. top. I thought that was really good. Um, and this this track we're about to play was definitely one of the, the better ones as well. So yeah, this is The Gemini by The Stranger uh, taken from their second album, Kaleidoscope.
so that was the Gemini by the stranger uh, taken from their second album kaleidoscope and that is out on octane entertainment so uh now i think we're just gonna talk generally a bit about prog so you already said about liquid attention experiment was one of the bands that sort of got you into it so what, what other sort of bands did you start listening to at, you know at the beginning when you started getting into into that kind of music yeah i mean yeah liquid tension experiment was probably like my, f- my one of my first entryways into more kind of serious uh types of music you know getting getting away from like uh from the radio sort of thing um like before i even heard metallica you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I, I don't understand how it's just when, when, you, when you're young you're picking up everything sort of thing um yeah. and then from from there obviously it went into you know specific uh dream theater songs not the whole discovery because like that took me years to 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 listen to everything yeah but i think around about like 2007 when i was about 18 19 is when i started really getting into metal and like not just myself but like my brother and his friends and a lot of my friends were really getting into it and that was a great year for for progressive metal um because you, you had uh dream theater systematic chaos that came out which it's a really accessible album, you know what I mean? It's not their greatest, but it's it's a very accessible one. Yeah. But you said between the buried and these colours, which oh, yeah. for me on on hearing that, it was mind blowing. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might go listen to it after this, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know someone uh, that loves that album that, as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that started my whole love affair with uh, Between the Buried and Me. I mean, they're the only band that I've seen multiple times. Whenever they come to town, I'm like, I'm there. I'm there, guys. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about anything else. Yeah. I'll be I, there. I saw them. Um, they done a double set, I think it was a couple of years ago, at the Electric Ballroom in London, oh, okay. which was really cool. I mean, I, I wouldn't yeah. say I'm like a massive fan saying, of them, I, but um, it was a really like sort of enjoyable show because... Uh, I don't know. It's like their music live is it's kind of more sort of more engaging. Um, it's easy to get yeah. engaged with because it's it's really like sort of technical and moves around a lot. And it's 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 like watching a film almost. <laughs> yeah, and they're so into it. They're so yeah. into what they're playing, especially Tommy on his vocals. It's just like he's in another world. Yeah, but yeah, Camden is where I saw them for the first time as well. I think it was at the at the Underworld, but. I can't remember. It, was, uh, it would have been 2012. I think it, uh, they 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 did Colors in Full that night as well. I think the one night was just a normal set list. The second night was it, it was unannounced, but they did the whole the whole album. Yeah, uh, it, it was just it was just great. It was just great, and um, just that, that show that venue is one of my favorites as well because it's, it's compact. Yeah, but, I've never been um, there actually. That's one I haven't managed to go yeah. to yet. I haven't been in years, but that that show left a really weird, really good impression on me. I would just like generally the fan base uh, for them, because as you do, you know, people people get to moshing. You know, uh, I'm I'm not I I go to gigs by myself. I'm not I'm not big on on the whole moshing thing, but you know, I'll, I'll give people their space to to um to, you know to do their thing. Yeah, and it was getting pretty crazy, and some guy knocked my glasses off, 
And so I'm like fumbling around trying to find my glasses. I'm completely blind. I can't see anything. <laughs> and the guy, the guy turns around. He sees that I'm, I'm looking on the floor. He sees my glasses. He stops what he's doing. He picks them up. He's like, here you go. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and then he gets back to marching. I was like, oh, man, what a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about metal shows. Like, there's people going crazy and whatever. But if you fall over or if you, you know, lose something, people are like, right yep quick let's find it before it you know perishes <laughs> or gets lost in yeah. the void you know it's like yeah people yeah, are really generally really friendly and then, and then then back to it you know so yeah. it's cool it's it's cool to see like well-behaved and you know well-intentioned people like that i mean uh the marching is you know it's, it's just venting you know you you you, you want to let off some steam that sort of thing i'm yeah. there to watch the show i'm there i'm there, I'm there to see that like, them working on the fretboard and all that uh, yeah doing <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah for me no, i'm kind of good. i kind of stand on the like the periphery of things like i like being near the mosh pit but not in it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah I, I'm, I like, I'm a very I... i'm a very slight kind of looking guy so i'll probably get murdered in the mosh pit <laughs> so i'll stay yeah, away too. I, I don't i don't do well there <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for punishment though because because I like to go alone. I like to get there early and get right to the front. Yeah, uh, and this will be of, of any gig I go to. Um, just because it's it's you you can interact the most there because I'm not the tallest either. So if I'm at the back of the stage, I can't see anything anyways. Yeah. But then you, you you're constantly you got to like dig your heels into the ground and just fend off the people behind yeah. you. Yeah. Like, cling cling onto the railing. Like, bodies will be slamming into you. Like no no <laughs> i'm standing here yeah um so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's all good it's a, a part of the scene so yeah for them for me yeah between the beard and me have been like super influential on 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 my on my choice of music yeah but but who else was it is um again an, another great album from that whole period of time um yeah another yeah just, just consulting my notes that i have yeah it was um symphony x paradise lost another two, 2007 release which is just on point it's such a good album um every song on there is so good it's so heavy but so good but so melodic in points as well yeah hugely hugely influential on me at the time and and then you have like non-progressive stuff that is just fun to listen to that, you know, you, at that time I was kind of discovering like older things like uh, Mr. Bungle as well. Like they're crazy, absolutely crazy. But like once you're listening to Between the Buried and Me, you're like, it's not so bad. It's quite yeah. good actually. And any, <laughs> anything less than that, it's kind of like, well, this, you know, I listen to Between the Buried and Me. It can't be yeah. much more than that. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so like loads of things like that, really, and it just kind of amalgamates, really, and eventually you you've got this like um, very kind of unique music taste that kind of no one agrees with, because <laughs> you also just, it's it's yeah it's a whole point in your time where you, you're able to discover like the retro stuff uh, like. Um, for me, and it's it's pretty crazy as an album, anyways. Is uh, Jethro Tell's "Thick as a Brick"? I can't talk about it with many people because it's it's a, it's an album from the '70s, and it's not very cool anymore. But yeah. like, for me, 
<laughs> the selling point of, of of some music is it's not very cool yeah uh yeah yeah there's there's um i mean to be honest i've only really getting into sort of prog metal the last few years i suppose um sort of bands like periphery sort of like so it's like progressive yeah. metalcore rather than completely prog metal yeah yeah i mean I've, I've listened to a couple of dream theater albums you know it's sort of like you know i like it but i don't go back to it very much um yeah but yeah i'm kind of more into the sort of metalcore and sort of like progressive metalcore um kind of sort of angle of of that type of music yeah yeah um it's to be fair, the, the the whole scene has kind of um, gone towards that direction anyway. Yeah. Um, the majority of it will be very metalcore inspired. Mm. Yeah. Um, a, ba- a band I sort of found recently was uh, Omnirod, and they really remind me of um, Between the Buried and Me. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I, I played them on my uh, my last podcast, and uh, yeah, they're. Second, I think it's their second album, which was released in twenty nineteen. It was, yeah, because I mean, I I like Between the Buried and Me, but they seem to be more to my taste. Like they're slightly, they're slightly different. Yeah. Um, and it's I kind of like them a little bit more than Between the Buried and Me. So yeah, because because sometimes the the kind of the weirdness of it, like the different time signatures and it can sometimes be like really jarring so it's yeah it's one of those where it's quite they, they difficult to... to get into yeah once you're into very, it, you seem know. to i think uh revel in it to them it's like they want it to be as inaccessible as uh possible sometimes yeah. and it becomes quite difficult like as, as much as i enjoy their music a lot of times i you know i have to freely admit that if if you were to play me a riff, I'd, I'd probably struggle to point out the song, or you know, I, I I don't know many of the lyrics, but like as an experience of listening from start of the album to the finish, I I always enjoy it. You know, I always go yeah. back to it. It's more but of a, like it a collective. Yeah, yeah, it's more kind of a whole piece rather than you know seven or eight pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely no singles in there. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard for bands like between the buried me to do a single, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, exactly. I guess um, like was it Voice of Trespass from Automator Two? I think that's as close as they're gonna get yes. to a single. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my favorite song. And by uh, them. oh, it is a great yeah. song. To be fair, yeah, it was, um, it was really good live when they played it. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's that kind of like, it's like kind of swing or jazz kind of vibe to it. Yeah. It's just like really like. Yeah. yeah it's just got it's, such a good energy to it. Yeah. It's, it's, but, it's just, yeah, I haven't I have not heard Omerod, but I I probably should check them out. Yeah, I mean their second album Arteries, I'd I'd say is worth worth looking at. Um, the first album I thought was a bit too experimental. I couldn't really really get into it but yeah definitely that's definitely one for prog prog fans so yeah um Um, we're sort of talking about gigs 
a little bit is there any sort of prog gigs that have apart from the one about you know your glasses you know is there any other ones <laughs> that uh sort of stand out um to be fair i think they all kind of stand out one way or other um you know um i can't it's not, it's not really a gig it was more of a concert but like i'm super lucky to have been able to see uh to to go see uh rush doing their time machine tour i think it was the 2012 when i went um it was such a fun show do you know what i mean it was yeah again, it was at the o2 and i was in like the the cheap seats as also they were you know tiny <laughs> little people so far away but yeah. man it was it was so fun uh again rush another one of these bands that are just like eternally uncool but for a brief moment in 2012 they were cool they were you know they had little cameos in i love you man you know and yeah everyone was going slap a dbs man <laughs> was all the rage um yeah. so yeah in, in the wake of that they had like a, a bit of a revival didn't they so I, you know, I'm glad to, I got the chance to see one of one of the like all-time great bands, at least in my opinion. Um, they didn't do much touring after that, and you know, it, you're not going to get the chance to see them again now that uh, Neil Peart has uh, passed away, which is really sad. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's been it's now been over a year since the last gig I went to, which was the Thank You Scientist one at um, Satan's Hollow. Again, first time at that venue. Um, and for you know the listeners that have never been there um, to, to the venue, it's in Manchester. It's a it's a circle stage with within the you know within the venue. So you're not everyone's crowding around the band, and it yeah. was a you know super you know, unique experience where. There was just so much um, audience interaction. You know, the band was interacting with um, them, and the audience were able to like heckle the band too. It was it was a great show. It was a great yeah. show. So much energy as well there. Um, That's cool. What is it? A six-piece band, you know, with a brass section and all that, just oh, running right. around. It's been crazy. It was it was amazing. Really yeah. amazing show. So I think um, yeah. when I went to see Muse. They they did a similar thing like it was the O2, mind you I don't I don't know if they like bands will do this anyway but they were like in the middle and the stage kind of like spun around. Oh man, is, that's so know, cool. Muse put on such a good show. Yeah, there's loads really loads of like effects and it was like a proper like yeah. like they went they went for it completely went for it. Yeah, it full was, production. Yeah. When I saw them. Um, 2013 the at Wembley they had like some sort of like ballerina or dancer su suspended from from the air you know yeah. dancing around this like illuminated thing it was it, yeah it was a real spectacle it was mm. definitely it was one of my top gigs at the time not that I was going to many gigs at the time then but um you know that yeah yeah I'd I don't still know say that's I one of the most memorable again. for me as well yeah. just because of the whole cinematic vibe to it yeah yeah they've gone in a weird direction musically so i'd, I'd struggle to go see them again but yeah same. uh yeah my, my wife loves them so we probably would if we had the opportunity <laughs> and you know at least you know it would be a good show yeah 
oh yeah you, you'd enjoy it it's kind I of feel like they're best albums behind them now yeah <laughs> I, I think i'd still enjoy it if i went to see them but i wouldn't go out of my way to go and to go and watch them i don't think yeah yeah i i feel the same it was quite fun because I, I i i did manage to see them twice because they did a a free concert by the what's it called the royal guards in by by parliament by uh by downing street by the parliament sort of thing the oh, okay the horses are, yeah um because they had done the soundtrack to world war z um yeah. and so they did like a 30 minute secret secret gig and mm. um yeah my wife at, at the time basically managed to get um tickets to that and it was it was such a cool little show as well yeah uh not such a high uh budget for that one <laughs> no. it was cool Very to see, like, in, a, in a smaller setting you know doing um doing things the more traditional way <laughs> yeah uh, sometimes that's really cool though like when it's all stripped back and yeah. kind of yeah you just get to see how how good they really are yeah yeah and uh, a bit rebellious as well because towards the end of the show they were like prime minister's going to bed guys it's, it's <laughs> screaming sharp yeah yeah cool. <laughs> yeah well just break break loads of guitars because i think they're quite famous for that aren't they yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah it was awesome um but yeah uh, last gig story and again only because like it was a huge benefit to have you know for me to have been uh doing my studies in london way back when so whenever there was something on i was like i'm there um yeah. even if i have to eat pot noodles for like a month to afford it you know <laughs> or for a month after for yeah. tickets uh, i yeah. was happy to do that but it was uh, again because some of these like old older acts you know will come to town or whatever and you'll be like i have to because i don't know when when else you know and um for me it was uh roger waters doing the war i was like i have to be there yeah <laughs> so you know the war is one of the greatest albums and you know i'm so glad i went because honestly by the end of the night i had tears in my eyes it was so good the, the production was immense the whole the whole show was just just fantastic yeah um you know i every time i get the chance to talk about it, i'm like yeah i was, I was at roger waters the war you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, i was there yeah, I was there, and then he came back next year. Next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, for me, I'd probably say, um, yeah, I'd probably say like Periphery when I saw them a couple of years ago. It's probably my favourite yes. like prog prog gig, because um, it was uh, in support of Hail Stan. So their twenty nineteen oh, okay. album. Um, and yeah, they played uh, Reptile first, and I was just like, "Yes, <laughs> they oh, don't even have man. to play anything else That's now." Like thing. they've they've played that song. It's just, you know, we could go home now. It's fine, you know. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've, no, I've they, only seen know, them they... in support of their, their debut, um, and honestly, I'm pretty sure I was there because Animals as Leaders were also on the bill. So I was like, "I'm there yeah. for Animals as Leaders." But <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and that was actually a crazy show. Um, I, again, that was in, in Camden. And 
I'm glad you you talked about Peru because like now I've got my mind jogging with that one because <laughs> they put on such a good show. Yeah, they do. Um, they're really like high high energy and you know super high. They're, they're really good as well. Like in terms like, of you know the vocalists. Yes, he's got such a. His, the songs that he sings are so like challenging they're not like easy songs to sing yeah. and he's you know yeah. he's pretty much nailed it the whole time which is seriously yeah. like yeah no really difficult to do he was on on point and then like somehow I, I got lost in like a sea of people basically and found my way like to the front of the stage and like gave i, I think it would have been yeah it, it's spencer satilla i think it, it, i they've had a few lineup changes so i'm sure it would have been him anyways but um i gave him a high five i was like yeah it's just like high fives me back you know it was awesome i'm like yeah yeah i washed his hand again for at least a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember yeah, it, was it was a bit it like was, that with yeah. um a band called cross faith that i went to see because we were w- watching them um in a place called the haunt in brighton and basically the stage was okay. literally like you could touch them basically while they're playing it was literally just oh, a, a raised cool. bit of yeah. floor and um yeah i remember after the show me and my friends uh sort of high-fiving all the cross faith uh band members and then what the bassist took a photo took a selfie with my mate and i tried to get one as well but my phone had died so i was like oh no oh no it's my, my friend like <laughs> sort of like that sort of you know that's so getting a picture of the bassist at least at least your at least your friend got the photo you know yeah exactly it's like well, i was there but you know i can i can get my phone out in yeah. time I'm all, oh, before yeah. it died that's that's what i love about metal though is you know with the gigs is they are smaller gigs they're more intimate the, the periphery one i think i even got a photo with matt halpern afterwards you know what i mean it's like yeah wow you know? um yeah, cool. or you know like you, you can high five them or whatever if, if they're into that and then most recently it's not that it's not it's, it's really not a story but most recently when i saw uh, between the buried and me in in manchester this time um being that being where i'm based we were standing at the queue as you do and blake richardson walks past with a coffee <laughs> you know in his hand it just means like cost a coffee and i'm yeah. like oh. and everyone's like is that Oh, what like the little celebrity sighting yeah. i'm like yeah makes sense though well what he what would he be doing you know before a gig you know yeah if not having a coffee but you know See, plus I, I, we, we get a bit starstruck but yeah i had a similar thing actually idiot. with um silosis like when i went to see them you know, i was sort of standing outside yeah. and uh these two people will pass and i was like i'm sure that's like the former silosis vocalist <laughs> i can't remember his name but he was in like Heart of a Coward. He was the focus for them. Yeah. And it, I swear it was him that was, I walked past and I said to my, my mate, I was like, wasn't that the guy that used to be in Silosis? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And I was, I was like, oh, no, I'm sure he is. <laughs> like, you know, he's been invi- he's obviously been invited as a special guest, like VIP yeah. or whatever. Because he obviously still gets on with the current Silosis band members. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure that's him. Like, because he had like that energy, that rock star energy, you know, like where they sort of they're really yeah. like outwards, and he's like, yeah, like you know, sort of walking, a lot of purpose, and I was like, yeah, that's 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 gotta be him. It's just gotta be him, you know. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's that was my like, like celebrity spot. 
<laughs> on that evening. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's cool. It's you, you're not going to get that, you know, that opportunity with radio musicians. You know, it's just, I've got mm-hmm. nothing. I, I, you know, I've got nothing against mainstream music, and I, I enjoy you know a ton of it. But um, you're not going to see you know Lady Gaga behind no. the stage. You won't be able to high five her. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah you're not going to get that opportunity. So, like, metal's nicer because it is that. You know, it's 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 selling point is how intimate it can be. You know, yeah, definitely. And how good natured a lot of those musicians are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's normally it's like if you see them and want an autograph, or whatever it's or photo, they're normally pretty cool about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, uh, I mean, I remember when I went to see Trivium, and I actually did the meet and greet. And, you know, they they were just like normal people. It's like that, you know, they are human yeah. beings at the end of the day. You know, it's like <laughs> you kind of get a bit starstruck, you, but then you have paid you realize, very good money <laughs> so yeah. for this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely worth the money nah. that that evening. <laughs> of course, of course, man. Yeah. While we're talking about like our favorite um, gigs that we've been to, like, what was your first gig? My first gig. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it was this earlier today, and I was like, <laughs> it was uh, Pendulum in Wembley Arena. Pendulum. Yeah, so it wasn't even a metal uh, gig; it was drum and bass. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it's a very memorable gig actually because um, it was in December. And it was that winter when it was really like the snow was really bad. So yeah. um, on our way home, because um, the trains were like really sort of weird, we booked a um, I think it was like a coach or a minibus, but we had to get the train okay. to that minibus. And um, yeah. I think when we were going on the tube, me and me and my friend we got on a tube and it was going the wrong way. Because so, my friend was like, uh, I think we're on the wrong. Like we uh, went northbound instead of southbound. So then we missed that coach, uh, yeah, and um, we missed that coach, and that meant we got stranded, and then we had to wait for his dad to come and pick us up, and then I think by the time <laughs> we got to his, it was like five o'clock in the morning. It was just like oh, a no. really, really long evening afterwards. <laughs> the, the gig was really good. Like that was what gave me the bug, you know, just go keep going. Yeah, gigs. yeah, but. The aftermath was, was horrible. Yeah. Is, is it worth the adventure of getting home sometimes, you know, just dealing yeah. with that bloody London traffic sometimes? Oh. Yeah. The thing is, like, at that time, I wasn't really sort of familiar with the underground. And I was sort of relying yeah. on my mate because he was, he's from Essex and he kind of, he's been to London a lot. And he was like, we're on the tube. And he, he kind of looked and I was like, what? And he was like, I think we're on the wrong tube. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, he was like, I think we're going northbound instead of southbound. It's like, oh no, we're going to miss the coach. We're not going to get home. We're going to get stranded. We're going to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or, or the worst is when you're stuck on the night bus and some weirdo makes conversation with you. Oh, never. Yeah, we had, never we had something one. like that. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were on the night bus because I think we had to, we had to try and get to somewhere to be picked up. So we got the night bus, um, and there was some yeah pretty 
undesirable people on there. <laughs> there was there was a guy that was really drunk and he was like throwing up and he fell over and it was just uh-huh. like yeah <laughs> this is yeah, this is yeah. not a fun journey <laughs> <laughs> not worth the effort then oh man yeah i mean it's just it's a funny story now so it's like you know i wouldn't do anything different but yeah it wasn't nice at the time but yeah it's yeah it's not cool when it, while it's happening yeah it's you know i, I always yeah. think that now like you know in in three years time this is me a funny story so it's it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> now, my first gig was wasn't really even a gig it was my brother was in a band and then i had a high school friend uh who was also in, in a separate band and mm. this was like when we were teenagers and there was obviously your there's, there's no real metal scene in, in in the town where we grew up so this was like a the battle of the bands sort of thing where oh, we all yeah, trudge yeah. along then yeah watch everyone's like version of what a metal band should be just, yeah um just do their thing and it's like really awesome at the time but like when you look back you're like that was awful <laughs> yeah i've yeah we used to do that when i was yeah when i was like 18 i think it was there was a um like this punk rock band and it's like literally Crawley's, yeah, my hometown Crawley. It's literally the only punk rock band we had. So everyone was like, yeah, yeah. this band is so awesome. But it's like, now I look about it, it's just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> just a Green just Day copy paste. Really a music scene. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's the joy of it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I've always enjoyed, like, you know, town music, you know, every every town that doesn't really have much music you just you make do yeah yeah that's that's the problem with sort of smaller towns isn't it it's like there's not really a scene <laughs> you have to go to <laughs> london or whatever to to find yeah, it yeah you kind of have to migrate and go to like the bigger bigger towns mm. uh, to to kind of experience it yeah cool so um go through the t- two tracks that i've that i've picked now so uh yeah, yeah. the first one um so yeah my first track is by a band called Benfoss. uh they're from italy and they formed in 2018 uh they've released their debut album this month called two which is a bit weird I'm calling their first album two um and the track i picked is the title track and this one's kind of Reminds me a lot of Between the Buried and Me. It's very like, it's a bit chaotic and all over the place. Um, and it's kind of, it's it's not the most accessible track, I would say. You have to kind of really put some work in to listen to it. But I think it is, you know, once you've listened to it a few times, it's definitely, you appreciate it a bit more. Um, I don't know what you thought of it, Pano. I think you, you've listened to it, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I, I've been listening to nothing but these four songs um, <laughs> for this whole week. Uh, just because, you know, you really want to immerse yourself and really understand what's going on in them. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed uh, too. Um, like you say, kind of reminds of um, Between the Buried and Me, but there, there were some elements of it that I was, I was listening to the vocals and I was like, this is like, it sounds like, you know, the Mars Volta, which is... yeah. A very unique thing i was like what 
but then there's there's so many different things going on you know at, at other points it gets really funky with the guitar work and i'm like that's yeah i'm like really into this you know like yeah. it keeps changing up it's really heavy at, at other points there's there's just so much to like about this track they, they did a really good job on it um yeah and to me it's just it's a it's a great example of you know what progressive metal can do it just keeps changing and the more you yeah. sit down and focus on you know the guitar riffs you realize it, it it sounds kind of like you know just like standard like uh just you know it could just be any heavy metal guitar riff but then you start paying attention like no there's actually a lot going on in here yeah um that you know if you sit down and, and break it down they're doing they're doing a lot of interesting stuff so it's just a, it, it's a really great track that i can just listen to over and over again Mm. really enjoyed it cool so yeah this is uh two by Bentfoss taken from their debut album two
so that was Benfoss with two taken from their debut album two uh that was released this month and yeah that was yeah good track <laughs> so second track that i'm going to talk about uh 100,000 uh with their track Taurus uh taken from their album Zodiac which was released beginning of April um and for this one you know it's the it's the chorus for me that's the the, the standout it's just really like sort of powerful and you know the vocals are just yeah really really good and the riffs in the song are you know they're pretty good as well and it's yeah it's not like the most you know diverse track it's kind of a it feels like a single to me but it's a really good one in my opinion yeah i think it's a, i think it's a great song i think sometimes you need you need something you you, you need a track to be accessible and i yeah. only heard a few tracks off uh the album and you know it's definitely one of the more accessible ones um and it's definitely something that you know it's very in, in keeping with what metal today is kind of thing and I thought it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun listening to it as well. You know, good chugging going on, those down-tuned guitars. Uh, you know, and like you said, that, that chorus had a really good hook to it. Yeah. Uh, for me, what really stood out was um, the the outro of it. When when a song just like decides, you know what, we're just going to go crazy and just make just a lo- loads of noise and just yeah. break shit as, as, as we leave, as on our way out. Yeah. Um, that's just great. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know it never gets old listening to it um uh you know an outro like that yeah so yeah uh, a really fun song as well really awesome yeah I've, I've been singing the chorus in my head quite a lot over the last week or so <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just got that like real sort of bravado to it that i really like it's kind it of does, it's does, a it's yeah. what i call a proper chorus you know in a live gig and you're sort of singing that it's like that's when everything gets really energetic (laughs) (laughs) you can feel it like you just want to you want to start moving as the song's playing you know it's great it's got a good energy to it yeah definitely a really good addition to to your today's playlist really yeah so yeah this is taurus by 100,000 taken from their album zodiac
so that was 100,000 with Taurus, uh, taken from their album Zodiac. And uh, that leads us to the end of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Panner, for, for joining in. Uh, it's been a good good chat about Prog <laughs> and, and your blog. It's, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Luke. Um, it's always good to chat. Um, and, you know, just to dis- discuss the, you know, the, the interesting music that is, you know, progressive metal. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something I get to talk about very often, actually, because uh, I think, like you said, it's it's not very cool to be into frog. <laughs> uh, for me, it's not something I get to talk about very often without getting mocked. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I do have no, like sort of like... one friend that, that likes it, but um, the rest of them are kind of like, mm, don't know, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, to be fair, I have two distinct groups. I have the group that are like, yeah definitely can't talk about it with them and it's the group that i would i used to drive through town blaring like rush cds and yeah. we were all loving it it was just yeah. it, was, it was our element so definitely. but yeah I don't know. everyone's all all around the world now so you don't really uh have those opportunities anymore but yeah uh i think prog has always been a little bit uncool but it's getting cooler now especially oh, yeah yeah with how it's it's blending into you know metalcore and all that it's it's becoming um you know a thing of its own now yeah definitely it's it's popularity has definitely increased over the last you know at least 10 years i think because there's more more elements in even you know like fresh and stuff as well you can definitely pick yeah, up some sure. sort of proggy stuff in fresh and metalcore as well so yeah thanks thanks for coming on uh thanks everyone for listening and see you next time.